How are you? All right. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. So glad that you're here. I want to um, share with you some things this morning. We're beginning a new series uh, this morning, uh, and we've titled it Pause, and it's about Sabbath. It's about Sabbath, and I'm going to uh, start it off this morning. I'm excited about this topic because I think it's something that um, our, our culture, our generation uh, specifically needs. We are a busy people. Sometimes we uh, bring busyness on ourselves for a lot of different reasons, and you may be guilty of that. You may have gotten here this morning and realized that you have this electronic attachment to the palm of your hand, and you can't hardly get away from touching it and looking and checking and talking and doing things. And maybe you've been on the phone, or maybe you've been checking emails at work, or maybe you've been thinking about what you've got to do when you go back to work, or maybe you've been thinking just a thousand things. We are a busy people. And that is not necessarily bad, but we have, I'm convinced, we have made ourselves to believe that the more busy we are, the more productive that we are. And I think that's just a lie. It's false. People always used to tell me, I haven't heard it in a while, but I always used to hear this statement. If you want to have, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. I, I tried that. And what I found was a lot of times the people that I picked that seemed to be so busy, they were busy doing a lot of stuff, but they never accomplished much of anything. And the thing that I gave them to add to their list never really got done. It usually got done about halfway. So we pride ourselves in being busy. There's something about our culture of working and being busy and doing more and multitasking. and All those things can be good. They're not necessarily anything bad in and of themselves. But I think that as a culture, as our society, that we definitely need to realize that there's a time when we need to pause. And most of us are not good at that. Most of us are not comfortable with silence. If I were just to sit here for the next 25 minutes and stare at you in silence, most of you would get up and leave, probably. But you would be very uncomfortable, I would say. If you've ever been to one of our small groups, one of the things that we tell our small group leaders is don't be afraid if there's a break, if there's a pause, if there's silence. Don't feel like that you have to fill the void with verbiage just to, just to feel good about yourself. I'll tell you a story on myself. Um, when I was at Furman, I did a chaplaincy internship at Greenville Hospital in the emergency room. And the shifts that we did were uh, from 7 at night to 11. Just There was a few hours there, and we'd do those a couple of uh, times as far as our chaplaincy was concerned. So we were responsible for being there and being able to, uh, you know, the, the real interesting stuff comes in at those times and later. You know, so we had some interesting things, some wild kind of stuff that come in through the emergency room. As a chaplain intern, we were able to provide pastoral care to the families and be able to communicate with the doctors and the families about what was going on and how their loved ones were doing and all that kind of stuff. As a part of that process, we met with the chaplain at that time at the Greenville Hospital System, and we would meet on a weekly basis, and we would debrief what we had done. And everybody who was in the program would talk about the experiences they had, and we would share what was going on. Chaplain would provide insight and help and try to help us understand about dealing with people and providing pastoral care and that kind of thing. And we were having one of those meetings, 
And uh, there was something very serious that was going on. And uh, the person was talking about what had happened. And when she finished talking, there was this silence that just kind of fell over the room. Well, um, being the jokester and the person at that time specifically who was very uncomfortable with silence, I let what seemed like 30 minutes go by, but I think it was probably only about three seconds go by, and I cracked a joke in the middle of the silence, and the room just exploded with laughter. Ha, ha, everybody thought it was funny, and I had relieved the tension, and everybody was happy that I had relieved the tension, and I was feeling pretty good about myself for being so witty and able to do such things. And the chaplain looked me right in the eye when everybody quit laughing, and he said, you are nothing but a chicken. And I like just shrunk in my seat. And that was the first time I think that I can remember of being challenged to not feel the need to interrupt silence. And I think in our lives we have this, we have this innate desire. If there is a time of pause, if there is silence, we feel like that we have to fill it with something to keep us busy. You probably identify with that. If you're not busy doing something, you have a day off from work, you feel like you've got to schedule the whole day. There's not 10 minutes within that day for you to not have something scheduled so that at the end of that day you can feel like and feel good about yourself and say that you've been productive because we've been busy. Look at what all we've accomplished today. And we pat each other on the back. And again, those things are not bad in and of themselves. But I think we desperately need in this time a time of pause. We need a time to reflect, a time to stop, a time to be silent, just to, just to let things just settle down because we're just so busy. If for nothing else, and probably most important, to reflect on our own lives and our relationship with God. So we're going to be talking about the idea of Sabbath in these next couple of weeks. We're going to continue sermons about, uh, about how to apply this and things that we can do. But I want to talk to you specifically this morning about just the whole concept. What is Sabbath? Why is it important? Why would we choose to be talking about it? What does the Bible, more importantly, have to say about this idea of Sabbath? So I just want to share some things. If you've got your worship guides, what you've been given, there's a section on the back of there that says notes. And I would challenge you just to grab a pen. We, we encourage you to take notes. Not that I'm going to necessarily say anything that's going to wow you. But you may uh, need to jot some things down. We learn by repetition. You learn even better if you write things down. And then you can also... Uh, take that little note card and maybe you take it back to work and you share some ideas that God has given you with your coworkers. Or if you give to somebody that listens to our podcast later this week, you may hand them just the notes and say, hey, maybe you can follow along through this. So I want to encourage you to write, write some of these things down as we talk about this concept of a Sabbath. So here, here's just, just to define it and to talk about it to get us all on the same page uh, to begin with. You may have never even heard the word, but maybe you have heard the word. Maybe you know people who talk about practicing Sabbath, or you've seen that. Uh, Robin, uh, can I tell on you, Robin, just now thought of it. Chris says I can tell on you. I'll tell on Chris. You know, I didn't realize this, but, you know, now, and maybe it's been around for a while, but they have a refrigerator that has a function on it called Sabbath setting where you can set it so it doesn't work on that particular day. And maybe you think of that's, that's Sabbath. Sabbath is, if you know people who are maybe very strict about the idea, it's, on that day, we do nothing. We're not going to do anything on Sabbath. Some of you may think that Sabbath means Saturday or, the, or seven because it's connected with that, as we'll see in the Bible. But literally, just write this down so you have a reference. The word Sabbath literally means to sever 
or to put an end to. It means to stop, to quit, just to stop doing, to, to sever or to put an end to. That's literally what the word means. And so as we look uh, in the scriptures, here's what I want you to think about. Because Sabbath uh, in the Old Testament time and then in some tradition still practice the idea of that it's this ritual that you may have to keep. You know, if you don't practice Sabbath, then God doesn't love you as much as those who do practice Sabbath. And some people may have that idea. So here's what I want you to know. You can jot this down. And this, is kind of the, this is kind of the point of the message that I want you to go away with, and I'm trying to reinforce this as I go along. But here's what I want you to remember, that Sabbath is about relationship with God, not a ritual to God. Sabbath, Sabbath is about relationship to God or with God not a ritual to God. So if you would, take your Bibles, turn to the very first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. If you don't have a Bible, there's a scripture going to be on the screen. We encourage you to bring your Bibles. If you didn't bring one, you can read it. If you don't have one, let us know. We'd be glad to get you one. Genesis chapter 2. This concept of Sabbath, very beginning of creation. All right, so Sabbath is about relationship with God, not a ritual to God. And then here, here's the thing that I want you to remember about relationship. One of the things, and you can write this down. God created Sabbath in relationship to his creation. God created Sabbath in relationship to his creation. Look at Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were complete in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God created Sabbath. He created this whole concept. He created this whole idea. He created this in relationship to the rest of his creation. It was a part of what he was doing in what we know as the creation story. For those six days, God created all the things, the earth and the sky and the creatures of the sea and and human mankind and the whole deal. And as a part of that, as a completion of this whole creation, it says on that seventh day, God rested from what he was doing. That's the word Sabbath. He stopped. He quit doing. He quit creating. He quit doing the things that he was doing. It was a a symbolic uh, signifying of that he was done. That God had done what needed to be done. That that he didn't have to uh, sit back and say, oh, you know what? You know, the stars and the heavens, that was a pretty good idea. But now that I sit back and look at it, I think I'm going to tweak that a little bit. I think I really messed up. I would have done a better job if I would have done this. It's none of that. It's that he created and then he stopped. He was done. And that's that idea of Sabbath. It's introduced very early on, right here, as a part of creation, a completion of his creation. It ended in rest. Okay? So so God created this Sabbath in relationship to his creation. The second thing we see in here is just this idea of in relationship to his creation is that God blessed or he set apart this day that he called the Sabbath. Now, the Bible says here that it was on the seventh day. Literally, the seventh day is Saturday. Sunday being the first day of the week, 
going all the way back around to, to Saturday being the seventh day of the week. But I want you to notice something here, and I think this is very important because there's a lot of, um, you know, discussion and which day is Sabbath and what should we be doing on the Sabbath. The day that it ended up being on wasn't as important as what he did on that day. And the Bible tells us that he blessed it, verse 3, not because it was Saturday. He didn't bless it because it was the seventh day. It says in in verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he what? Say it out loud. He blessed it because, it says, on it he rested. He didn't bless it because it was Saturday. He didn't bless it because it was the seventh day. God created. He was finished. And it says he blessed it because on that day he rested. There is from the very beginning this idea and this concept of a blessing being involved in resting. Of of being a time of, of being blessed. Of setting apart. And that's where we get a lot of this idea of um, setting apart time for God. Of a day of worship of being set apart to God. That is where even the people who may be very strict in observing a Sabbath day on the Saturday where they do absolutely nothing, biblically the concept is it's not just about stopping, it's not just about quitting, it's the idea of being imparted a blessing because we are taking that time that we normally would be working and being busy and being focused on other things and now that should be a day to where we focus our attention on God and remembering who he is, and what he's done for us. And we'll see that a little bit further in the scripture. So God blessed that day because that of his resting. And then the other thing, a part of this, um, Sabbath being a part of his creation, that he created this Sabbath idea as a part of his creation, is that God uses this Sabbath throughout the scriptures as a covenant between himself and his people. Uh, you're in the book of Genesis. Turn over a book. In the book of Exodus, chapter 31, and there are other, other scriptures and things, but these are some ones that I've chosen specifically. And let me say, I told the, the band this morning as we met, shared with them, that I have looked at this uh, concept of Sabbath. I've preached and I've done different stuff. As I looked this week, uh, there were just a lot of things that just stuck out, stuck out to me that I'd never really seen before. So I'm, I'm excited to share these things with you. Hopefully you haven't seen these, and these will be things that are interesting to you because there are a lot of scriptures, but some of these ones that I've chosen I think are just awesome as it shows God's plan and what he meant and how that applies to our lives. So Exodus 31, verses 12 through 18, it says, Then the Lord says, said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Stop there just a minute. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. I just want to say, kind of as a side note, that a lot of times in the Bible we tend to kind of skirt around things and maybe it's not that big of a deal, whatever. At this time and when God was talking, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. So much that he says, hey, this is so important. If people are not going to do this, let's just end it for them. Ugh. <laughs> right? 
not because he wanted them to necessarily obey any kind of rules or to be stuck to keeping a law or to be stuck to holding some kind of festival or, or celebration. The idea was God understood from the beginning because he is the creator. He's the creator of all creation. He's the creator of human beings. He knows our hearts. He knows what's best for us. God knew from early on it was so very, very, very important for these people to stop and renew their relationship with him, to remember who he was, to remember who it is that makes you holy, to remember who he is. It's so important. He said, if they're not going to do this, if they're not going to do that, they're just better off dead. All right? That's important to understand as we go through this. So um, pick back up, and he says in verse 14 at the end of uh, must be put to death, whoever does any work on the day must be cut off from his people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. That's twice. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. Underline that in your Bible or write that down. It's an important word. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he abstained from work and rested. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. Those scriptures, that part of what was going on in the time of the Israelites and what God was doing with them was reminding them of this Sabbath concept that Sabbath is important and not only is, is it a day of being blessed? Not only is it a part of creation, but it is also something that shows a distinction between everybody else and who are considered to be God's chosen people. It was a sign. It was a covenant that if you, Israel, if you will practice this, if you will do this, by what you are doing, people will know that you are mine. This is my covenant between me and you. And you practice this. There are other things in the Bible like circumcision and other types of rituals and things that happen at this time that were also along these same lines of this is how people will know that you're my children. So this was an important identifier for the Israelites. It was very important not only for them to, to understand who God was but as a witness for other people to say these must be God's people because they're keeping the Sabbath. That was one of the things that other people could say as a witness between this relationship between God and his people. So um, those are some things as we look at uh, in the Old Testament. Um, there's other scriptures in Deuteronomy and other places, uh, this idea of a Sabbath to God, of it being holy and, and set apart to him. So as we look at that, that concept, the Old Testament, the idea, why did, why did it even happen? Why did God even create this thing called the Sabbath? He created the Sabbath in relationship to his creation. That's he wanted us to have a relationship with him, and that was a very important part of that. Okay, the second thing, uh, this is the second point, if you're taking some notes and want to jot, jot down the main thing, is that Jesus completed Sabbath by offering a relationship with himself. God created it. Jesus completed the idea, concept of Sabbath by offering a relationship with himself. So I, I'm going to explain that, I hope, to you. Turn over in the New Testament to the book of Hebrews. And um, if you're not familiar with where that is, you've got an index in your Bible you can look, but you can flip through, uh, and you've got Romans, the Corinthians, you see Philippians, Thessalonians, 
go in that direction, you'll see Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 16. These were mainly the scriptures that stuck out to me. I want you to hear this. If you've never heard this, I've read this, I couldn't tell you how many times. But listen to this as it relates to the Sabbath. And this is just awesome how, how this is explained. All right, Hebrews 4, 9 through 16, it says this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is under cover and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give an account. Verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is so awesome. Listen to this. In, those first, in that first verse, the first couple of verses, it says, There remains then a Sabbath rest, for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest, also rests from his own work, just as God uh, did from his. This is, in a nutshell, what this is saying. This whole idea of Sabbath is that Jesus came, and what Jesus has provided us through a relationship with him so that we can have a relationship with God is that just as God created and stopped his work on, the, on that day, and uh, Jesus came, and when he died on the cross, he said, what are those final words that we're familiar with that he said? It is what? Say it out loud. It is finished. He says, it is finished. It's done. Just, just like God on the, on the seventh day when he rested didn't have to go back and do anything else to fix creation. It was done. It was perfect at that point. It was exactly the way God wanted to do so much it was perfect, he was able to rest and stop. In the same way, Jesus, when he died for us on the cross, he said, it is finished. Anything that needs to be done in order for us to have a right relationship with God is taken care of by his death and resurrection for us. It's done. He didn't have to die and then come back and die again and say, oh, I meant to die for that sin. I, I, I didn't think about this when I died on the cross. It is done. It is finished. And the Bible says... Just as God rested on that seventh day, guess what? The Sabbath for us is that we can rest in Christ. We need to stop our work. We don't have to work any longer to have that relationship with, with God. It's through Jesus. So there, there is an end to having to keep up with sacrifices and having to observe holy days and having to do things in order to make us think that we are in right relationship with God. All that stuff needs to stop. Because we put our faith and trust in the person of Jesus Christ who finished it all for us. That is awesome. Don't you believe that? That's just awesome. So, so the idea of Sabbath in the Old Testament 
of this is a covenant between us. This is a sign between us. Jesus came. He fulfilled all that. And now what we have is our relationship with Jesus. That is the sign that we are God's children. It's his work that allows us not to have to work. That is, that is how the Sabbath takes place in this context for us. So we see, again, that Sabbath is about relationship with God, not a ritual to Him. We don't have to keep covenants. I'll t- tell you about this new covenant in just a minute. We don't have to keep special days. We don't have to observe certain feasts. We don't have to keep the law in order to have a right relationship with God. Now, some of those things may be okay as we enhance our relationship with God and we nurture our relationship with God. And you may want to observe certain days and you may want to do certain things because those are important to you and they help you in your relationship with God. That's fine. But we can't equate them with being somehow, if I don't do these things and these rituals, somehow God doesn't love me anymore because that's taken care of through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Now, Turn over to 1 Corinthians. You can go backwards a few books. 1 Corinthians, and and we actually read this scripture last week as we observed the Lord's Supper together. 1 Corinthians 11.25. And it says this, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the, read the next two words, New Covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant. The scripture we looked at in the Old Testament a while ago, God says this is a covenant between me and you. This Sabbath, keep it holy. There were other covenants and things that God did that showed that Israel was God's chosen people. This scripture says, Jesus says, this is my blood. This is a new covenant between us. New meaning we don't have to keep the old, right? If you have something new, what do you normally do with a thing that's old? You usually throw it out, right? You, that's why you needed to get something new is because the old thing wasn't useful anymore, usually. And this idea of Jesus saying, hey, now the covenant is through me. Now the covenant of between me and you and us and God, it's through my death on the cross and my resurrection from the grave. That's the new covenant. So you don't have to have that. Now again, if you want to observe a day, if you want to have special holidays, if you want to observe certain rituals that, that they practice in the Old Testament because they help you with your relationship with God, there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. But don't confuse those rituals with that being your right relationship with God because that is going back to the idea of you having to work for it. And the more I can do, the better off I am. The more laws I can keep, the more God will be pleased with me. And here's what the Bible teaches us in a lot of different ways. If you ever try to go back to that, you're doomed because you'll never be able to keep them all. You'll never be able to live a life that's sinless apart from through the person of Jesus Christ. You'll never be able to be good enough. You'll never be able to, even if you said practicing Sabbath is God's covenant with me. I'm just going to, on that day, I'm going to do nothing. You'll never be able to just completely do nothing. And if you're putting all your eggs in that basket, you're doomed. If Coming to church and showing up on a Sunday is your little ritual and you say, as long as I do that, me and God are okay. You are kidding yourself. That can be nothing but useless works. And God said, and what we see in the Bible here, is that Jesus came so that we could stop the work and rest in Him. So Jesus completed that idea of Sabbath. God God created it. Jesus completed it. And then the last thing, 
I want us to see is that we continue Sabbath to nurture our relationship with God. We continue it. If Jesus completed it and it's done, why in the world would I want to keep it? Is that just saying I'm tied back to the law and all that kind of stuff? No, it's what I've said. You can do those things if you want to, but don't tie them in any way to your relationship with God or your salvation uh, uh, concerning God. We continue that. I believe the main reason that we should continue this idea of Sabbath is that it nurtures our relationship with God. It, It nurtures that relationship that we have already established to the person of Jesus Christ. It's, um, it's similar, but not the same, as with humans. And I think, you know, if we compare a human relationship with our relationship with God, right off the bat, it's flawed because we're flawed. But it's kind of the best example that we've got. So it's not the same, but it's similar. Take your relationship with somebody that you love and know that you have that relationship and it's established. There's nothing that's going to take that away. But if you just sit and never do anything to nurture that relationship, it's not going to be the way that it should be, is it? Now, it's not the idea of work, but this idea of resting and taking the Sabbath is that this is a time that we stop the work, that we clear our minds, that we, that we take a check on making sure that we don't think we're working to, to get God's favor, that we look at how we're growing with God, that we look at how our relationship with God is developing. Can we see that He's working in our life? Can we see that we're wanting to grow closer to Him? Is He changing things? Are there habits that, that He's allowed us to get rid of? Are there things that He's allowing us to pick up? Can we see a growing, loving, caring relationship that we want to know God more and more and more? And it's not that we're perfect, but there's just we can see there's this desire. I'm afraid that we're so busy and we get doing so many things, most of us never stop and just think about our relationship with God. Some of us are afraid to stop and think about our relationship with God. In, in, in our heads, in our minds, in our hearts, we know something's not right, but doggone, if I stop and think about it and then God reveals something to me, then I'm responsible for doing something. I just assume, pretend like it doesn't exist and just stay busy. I like it when I'm busy. We need to stop, and it helps us to nurture our relationship with God. Turn over uh, backwards in the Gospels. It's the second Gospel. There's Matthew, and then there's Mark. Very first books of the New Testament. Chapter 2. Verses 22 through, uh, 23 through 27. Listen to this. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In in the days of Abathah the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he, meaning Jesus, said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Do you hear that? Very clear distinction between why it was created and what the purpose of it is. The Sabbath wasn't created so that people could bow down to it and observe it as some kind of holy law. And if I can keep this, God God is going to love me more. The idea is that it says that it wasn't created for that. 
The Sabbath was created for man. The Sabbath God put in place for our benefit. God was thinking of us when this whole concept of Sabbath began with Him. It was for our use. It was to help us in our relationship with Him. It wasn't to give another law. It wasn't to give another rule. It wasn't to give another special holiday. It wasn't to give just something else that we had to go by and put that on the checklist. If we can do this, God will be pleased with us. From the very beginning, and Jesus reiterates here, as He's talking to these religious Pharisees who are trying to get everybody in trouble for doing everything, who's not keeping the law. He says, you've missed it. It's not a day for us to bow down and worship to. It's a day that's created for us so that we can develop and continue our relationship with God. It's for our benefit to Sabbath. It's our benefit to stop. It's to our benefit to pause. Not for the sake of pausing, but for the sake of allowing our relationship with God to be nurtured, to contemplate, to reflect, to let God change us, to let God convict us, to let God show us how He wants us to live and who He wants us to continue to become in Him. So I think those are just some very important things. So remember that the Sabbath is about a relationship with God, not a ritual to Him. God created Sabbath right in relationship to His creation. Jesus completed the Sabbath by offering a relationship to Himself. And we continue Sabbath in order to nurture our relationship with God. Those are important things. If we can keep those things in perspective, if we can understand by looking at these scriptures and understanding what God meant with that and what God wants with that, it just reiterates how much He, he loved us. From the beginning, He knew how we are, how we were going to be. And He had this whole concept from the very beginning because he wanted our relationship to be right with him. Isn't that awesome that he loved us enough to be able to say, I want to put all these things in place because I know you're going to be silly people who want to stray away from me. But look, I've got all these things here. It's all right here for you because although you're prone to stray away and you're going to do that, I want to make it easier for you to stay in right relationship with me. Just, 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 just stay there with me. And he loved us enough from the beginning to provide those things for us. So, so here's, here's what I want to challenge you in two ways. I want to challenge you in two ways today. I'm going to uh, ask the band, if y'all would go ahead and, and come up as I uh, just finish up here. Here's what I want you to think about. If you would just, um, there's nothing magical about bowing your heads and closing your eyes, but it will help you tune out some distractions that you may normally be accustomed to being distracted by, <laughs> which are many if you're like me, and more if you're like Cliff. <laughs> Just close your eyes. I'm, I'm not going to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to make you do anything. I just want you to. I want you to kind of just take a rest right now. I want you. To, I want you to Sabbath and stop. Stop the work. Try to stop the mind from just going a thousand directions, which I know is very difficult to do. Just rest. And I want you just to tune in. Focus on God. However you. Picture God, whatever you need to do to just turn your turn your focus to God. Just just rest. Just just stop the other stuff. Sabbath for a minute and think of God. I want to ask you this question: Do you know one hundred percent in your heart 
that you have experienced the rest from God that we read about in Hebrews that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that your relationship with Christ is based on what He has done for you, not what you think you're able to do to keep that relationship going? Do you know that you have surrendered your life Christ. I'm not talking about praying a prayer someday. I'm not talking about walking down to the front of an aisle and shaking a preacher's hand one day. I'm talking about, do you know that you have totally surrendered your life to Christ and are completely dependent on Him? That should be a pretty simple yes or no for you. You've already answered that in your heart. And what I want to ask you today is, If you haven't done that, the good news is today is an opportunity for you to do that. Nothing manipulative with you. I would never dare push you to do something that important if you didn't mean that within your heart. But I do want you to know today's a day when that can happen. I'm going to just lead you in a prayer. The words are not as important as your heart, but there are some things in the Bible I think that that we need to confess. And so I'm going to just lead this. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, here's a way that you can invite that to happen. And if you mean this between you and God, today can be the day that you establish that relationship with Him. If you've never given your life to Christ, you can just start by saying, God, thank you that you love me even though I'm a sinner. Thank you that you hear me when I pray. Today, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I realize I can't do enough. The good news is I don't have to because Jesus has already done it for me. So today, I place all of my faith and trust in what Jesus has done so that I can have a relationship with you. This day, I turn from my ways. More importantly, I turn to you. And I pray that you help me each day to live out this life that you have planned for me. Thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed. Keep your eyes closed. There's one other challenge. And I just want to say this. If you prayed that prayer, if you have questions about that, if you still have concerns, you still want to talk, don't leave today without letting somebody know. I'd love to know. I'm going to be down front for a few minutes afterwards. Come and let me know that you made that prayer. Maybe you came with somebody. Tell them. If you have questions, don't leave without letting somebody know that that's happened in your life today. Here's the second challenge. This is... uh, For those of you who already know that you've surrendered your life, I really feel like this next few weeks is another another set of sermons that God has allowed us to be able to preach because we need it. And so I want you right now, just in your heart between you and God, right now, ask God to begin to show you the things that you know you need to take a rest from. 
Ask God to help you see where you're just too busy for the sake of being busy. Just ask God to make that clear to you and pray this week as we'll continue next week with specific things that we have in mind that God may reveal some things to you that we never mentioned. So just let God begin to work that in your heart. And ask God if He would help you between now and next week to to actually practice Sabbath. To take a rest. To be still. To be quiet. To clear your mind and focus on Him if you're not doing that at all. Ask God to help you have a time to do that. The day is not important as what you're doing. The when, even the how long, is not as important as the idea is that you're doing it. So start somewhere if you're not accustomed. God, I thank you that you are a God who cares for us and who loves us. It's so evident in your word. It, it's so evident throughout your scriptures that we see that you're, you're an all-powerful God, yet you choose to have a relationship with us. It didn't have to be that way. You could have done whatever you wanted. You've chosen to have a relationship with us. You've chosen for us to, to be close to you. You want us to be close to you. You've not just said it with words, but you've showed us that through your actions. All throughout history we've seen your love for us. And ultimately, the sacrifice of your son Jesus for the purpose of us having a relationship with you shows us that it's more than just words, that you mean business, that you desire to have a relationship, not so that we can be legalistic, not so you can have us under your thumb, but so that we can experience true life as you meant for it to be, life to the full, life abundant, life full of freedom and grace and truth and discipline, those are all good for us, and you know that, and you designed it so that we could have it that way. Lord, I pray that you stir our hearts, that you help us to walk away, not just saying, oh, there's another sermon, there's another scripture, but that this idea of Sabbath burns in our hearts because, Lord, I'm convinced I need it. I think we all need it. So make it real to us. Help us not to only say it's a good idea, Help us to not only acknowledge that it's a biblical concept, but that you give us the strength to actually practice it, to do something with it, so that we can experience that relationship in the way that you want us to. And Lord, as we leave today, I pray that you keep this on our minds and on our hearts. You help us to open our eyes to the things that you want for us. And we'll thank you for it. And we leave today excited that you are a God who cares for us. In Jesus' name.